Welcome to Rebel Roundup, ladies and gentlemen, and the rest of you, in which we look back at some of the very best commentaries of the week by your favorite Rebels. I'm your host, David Menzies. Well, earlier this month, following the dismantling of the Freedom Convoy in Ottawa, a city news reporter went onto private property to find the place where the Freedom Convoy had relocated. But did he go there to report? Nope. He went there to insult and threaten people. Just wait till you see Alexa Lavoie's report. So how much did sneaky Patrick Brown, the mayor of Brampton, pay private security guards to rat out children illegally having fun on playgrounds? Would you believe more than $12 million? Meanwhile, the lying liar has Ill was illegally playing hockey with his buddies. Oh man, how about we give this guy five minutes for being such a creep? Sheila Gunn-Reed has all the details. And finally, letters, we get your letters, we get your letters every minute of every day. And I'll share some of your responses regarding a disabled firefighter who was verbally abused and physically assaulted at a Richmond Hill hockey rink. His crime, he wasn't wearing a face diaper. And that apparently triggered the COVID Karens in attendance. Talk about a gross misconduct. Those are your rebels. Now let's round them up. And when COVID lockdowns threatened the freedoms of families and businesses and the mental health of Canadians, I was one of the only big city mayors to speak out and demand an end to restrictions. That's right. Patrick Brown, as the mayor, was fencing off parks and hiring guards to keep little kids off the soccer fields while keeping a private ice surface in a public arena for himself and his hockey buddies to play the sport they love away from the restrictions Brown imposed on the good people of Brampton. It was positively Trudeau-pian. So at Rebel News, we did what we always do. Now, months ago, we filed for access to information about the private security contract with Paladin Security to brutally enforce the lockdown in Brampton at the behest of Patrick Brown, who is now dishonestly trying to rebrand himself as somehow anti-lockdown from the beginning. We got back about 450 pages of documents from the city of Brampton regarding their communications with Paladin Security. Now, if you'd like to contribute to offset our research and filing fees, head on over to rebelinvestigates.com to make a donation. We'll go through some of these documents today and I'll publish the documents in full. Maybe some other candidates want to have their teams go through these documents. Maybe some journalists got curious and they want to take a look. Maybe some Brampton residents want to see exactly where their property taxes are going. Or maybe you want to follow along and fact check me in real time. That's okay too. Let's get right into it. Page nine is a memo from Paladin on COVID. They wanted to cut security personnel by 25%. So they offered to send unlicensed people instead, or the city could pay extra for actual security guards. Look at this. We're counseling our partners where possible to develop plans that will allow you to continue to operate and enact your pandemic plans with a 25% reduction in staffing. Where that is not possible, we would like to have open discussions about alternative options, such as the use of unlicensed workers for non-security functions, the use of subcontractors or temporary workers, or elevated bill rates that will help us to incentivize staff to accept this work that may place them at additional harm. 
At this time, we are proposing a pandemic bill rate of $55 per hour for clients who are unable to utilize alternative staffing plans for their COVID-19 related special coverages. If you do not engage with us to discuss potential alternative staffing strategies, we will assume that this is an acceptance of this proposed rate and will bill all COVID-19 related coverage at this elevated rate. Page 10 is an email confirming the extra fee to get all that extra security during COVID. Page 11, Paladin is discussing possible protests in June 2020 in Brampton with lots of info coming in their hunt. And wow, those documents were very, very interesting indeed. Our exclusive access to information docs show the total cost of Brown's lockout, lockdown enforcers. Get this. Just the contract with Paladin to help with COVID enforcement in Brampton was estimated to cost in excess of $12 million. And Brampton officials were so keen to enforce Brown's lockdown that they paid Paladin a pandemic premium, a fee of $55 to $65 an hour per guard to serve as state-funded snitches. Yeah, Patrick Brown, he's really Mr. Anti-Lockdown, isn't he? Has Brown hit the one million mark yet in terms of the number of lies he has uttered? Unbelievable. And joining me now with more on Pathetic Patrick is the paragon of truth and virtue herself, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Sheila, uh, how you doing there? I'm doing great, David. I'm happy to walk down memory lane with you um, <laughs> with regard to your Patrick Brown stories. Well, you know, here's the thing about Patrick Brown, Sheila. I'm sure there's some people out there. Oh, no, not another Patrick Brown story. Um, people might shrug and say, who cares about Patrick Brown? Well, the thing is, going back to last Sunday, he announced his intention to run for the leadership of the Conservative Party, which could potentially mean he might, although I think the odds are long, become the prime minister of this country. Is this the kind of guy you want to see leading our great dominion, Sheila? Well, that's the thing. People say, well, who cares about Patrick Brown? I care because he wants to be the prime minister. And I care because he's a liar. That's yeah. why I care. And he expects conservatives to set aside everything that they know about his history over, I mean, over forever, but especially the last two years, when he gets up on a podium at his campaign launch and brags about how he was an anti-lockdown mayor, when we have documents proving that he was willing to spare no cost to enforce his lockdown, and he enforced it, I think the worst part of all of this is, he took out his lockdown hysteria on Brampton's children. Yeah. As a mother, that's the part that bothers me the most, was the enforcement on the playgrounds, the enforcement at the soccer fields, at the soccer center, that he was chaining up the playgrounds, sending guards, like you said, to the tune of 55 to 65 bucks an hour to make sure that no little kids got the wrong idea. But there were other things that were so atrocious that he was doing, or so uh, actually to use the language of the bureaucrats who saw the bills coming in from Paladin Security exorbitant. Uh, Patrick Brown was so exorbitant in his enforcement that he was sending security guards to the municipal cemetery Ugh. to make sure that social distancing was enforced during 
uh, funerals. He was also, much like Toronto Mayor's John Tory, sending people to make sure that nobody was standing too closely outside at the Brampton Parks when the trees were blooming. And he was worried that people were going to come out and stand too close and take pictures um, and maybe, I don't know, sniff too close to each other to sniff the blossoms or whatever tree lookers do. I mean, he was just so concerned about enforcing the lockdown that he was willing to spend whatever it took. And in the end, the bill was 12.1, I think, a million dollars of Brampton tax dollars to punish citizens who just wanted to live a little bit outside. You know, and Sheila, here's the thing. I mean, some apologists of uh, Patrick Brown will say, well, these were little things in the grand scheme of things. Uh, These were temporary things. But I say, no, it speaks to character. And it's not so much that you shut down all these playgrounds and uh, uh, flower gardens and what have you, Sheila, but... The fact that you would go before a crowd announcing your uh, quest for uh, Conservative Party leader and completely 100% lie about your record. Because, Sheila, I swear, I don't think there was more of a pro-lockdown mayor in all of Canada than Patrick Brown. Yeah, that's my problem here. A lot of people didn't know much about the coronavirus pandemic in the early days. So naturally, people overreacted. But that's not what Patrick Brown is saying here. And even when more information came in, he continued to overreact with enforcing the lockdown outside at the playgrounds and at the dog parks. He sent people to the dog park to make sure, I don't know, dog owners were social distancing outside again at the dog park. It's the lying. It's the trying to rebrand himself, even though an entire city lived in a police state enforced by Patrick Brown using outside security because the city didn't even have the resources to do the things that Patrick Brown wanted to do to the residents of Brampton. And secondarily, it goes to a history of lying. Because now we're not only lying about how we treated the pandemic. He's trying to say that he was, you know, this beacon of anti-lockdownism municipally when all the other mayors in the country were <laughs> so hard locked down. Um, a lot of mayors, I think, would, ha- would have balked at just how uh, pro-lockdown Patrick Brown was. But it's the history of lying. Because when you caught him at that hockey arena yeah. with his hockey bag and all of his hockey buddies... Because he was definitely 100% going in to play shinny hockey, even though he was banning the kids of Brampton from playing hockey. They could only practice. Again, follow the science, they tell me. I don't know what the difference is there. I guess coronavirus jumps out and strangles your grandma when you keep score. But anyway, he lied through his teeth and said, oh, I'm just there to inspect the ice surface. With his hockey bag and all of his buddies caught on camera, lying, lying, lying. And he still continues to lie. So, yeah, this is a character problem. And here's the thing. When you are a compulsive liar, Sheila, you actually lose track of the lies so that you're going around in vicious circles. When I approach Patrick Brown, you see on the video, uh, hi, David Menzies, uh, Rebel News. 
And he said in media that I pretended to be uh, from something called Maple Leafs TV, which has never existed. There was Leafs TV, and now it, <laughs> now it's being rebranded as Leafs Nation TV. So he couldn't even get the lie, um, you know, uh, straight in terms of factual uh, evidence. And then, as you said, he said he was here to improve the facility. And I don't know about you, Sheila, when I'm checking the oil levels of Zambonis and the Freon levels, I'm always wearing a $3,000 Armani suit. But the you thing is— You bring your hockey bag, too. Yeah, and bring my <laughs> hockey bag here. But here's the thing. If you're here, there to uh, inspect the facility, well, start inspecting it. He ran away the moment he encountered me. So he can't keep track of the false narrative because there's so many lies upon lies that even Patrick Brown doesn't know uh, what he's stating. Here's the thing, Sheila, in the bigger picture, it will find out in September, of course, uh, when the conservatives have the uh, leadership race. The um, What do you think the unspoken strategy here is? Um, I think if Patrick Brown, I'm not saying this out of my personal dealings with him. I'm, again, speaking of his character and the way he's always lied and flip-flopped and betrayed people. If, because of some cosmic fluke, he were to be the leader of the Conservative Party, my God, Sheila, I would pine for the glory days of uh, Aaron O'Toole and Andrew Scheer. What I'm saying is, Surely he's not a true contender. Is this all about putting his support to John Charest, which he has a non-aggression deal with, so that Patrick Brown, I don't know, gets to run as an MP in the next election? Yeah, I think this is him gathering up nostalgic PC conservative supporters for John Charest. Uh, I think he's what we would describe as a kamikaze candidate here in yeah. Alberta, where it's basically a campaign to gather support and then direct those supporters to the actual candidate, and that is Jean Charest. Now, Jean Charest is elected leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. Justin Trudeau can change his title to King of Canada because he will be prime minister for as long as he chooses, because I cannot see Western conservatives or even, you know, conservatives in Ontario um, who oppose the carbon tax supporting Jean Charest. Yeah. Because Jean Charest is not only pro-carbon tax, he was on the Ecofiscal Commission, which existed to push I, carbon taxation and carbon pricing, as they call it, in this bizarre Ponzi scheme where they allege that if you pay more for everything, you'll have more money in your pocket. Um, that was what he did. So you cannot detach Jean Charest from Justin Trudeau's carbon tax because he was the guy pushing it. And so, I mean, I think it'll be catastrophic for the country and for families if Jean Charest becomes the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada. And like I say in my video, I actually, I don't have a horse in the race here because I don't have a lot of faith in politicians, generally speaking. I just don't like when normal people are lied to. And I don't like when politicians bring in policies and push policies that take more money out of normal people's pockets. That's where I fall down <laughs> on my political spectrum. A hundred percent. Well, we're going to watch this race more closely than any other Conservative Party race, I would imagine, Sheila. And uh, all I have to say is if it comes down to those two as the final two, uh, all I can think of is the tagline for the movie uh, Aliens versus Predator, which was no matter which side wins, we lose. <laughs>
<laughs> the tray <Yeah>. or brown. <laughs> yeah, are those guys are they like plants for the Western separatist movement? Because if either one of them win, that's going to experience a bit of an explosion where uh, Western conservatives look upon the other part of the country with horror and say, "I'm not sure that we need to be tied to this crazy Siamese twin of ours anymore. Cut oh. us apart." It. It is terrifying the potential for things to go wrong. Let's hope they go right for a change. Sheila, excellent piece, excellent research. Thank you so much. Thanks, David. Have a great weekend. You too, my friend. And that was Sheila Gunn-Reed somewhere in the northern hinterland of Alberta. Keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. That's a fake protest. I don't care about that. But why didn't you guys leave downtown? You guys lost. You guys lost. May I please answer that question? You guys lost. You know what? I'll I'd like to answer that question. But I'd like to know why, with your fake eyebrows, that you said that. Not ever say that. Oh, you don't ever say that. Freedom, man. Freedom. You know what? Freedom of speech, right? Freedom of speech, right? He can say whatever he wants. You're right. I have no. Yeah, yeah. There you go, man. Sir, I have no eyebrows because I have alopecia areata. My hair fell out when I was ten. Sure, I'm sure you're you're suffering. What I'm saying Here, is, why did why that's did, me? That's fine. This is how I look. Why did why did why did you, why did you guys say you're not going anywhere? This is anywhere? my life. Then you left. I didn't say a thing. What I asked you was if you checked in at the front. Okay, so what happened is that we um, were going to exit 88 to the Embram site. We wanted to see how they were doing and if people were uh, there on the site. And as we were leaving, um, a man from City News uh, came onto the property and he refused to check in at the front gate. So a gentleman jumped in front of his car and I asked my driver to stop and to so that we could get out and ascertain the situation. Situation. And right away, the man, from where the video starts, the man was just angry. He came with lots of vitriol, lots of anger, lots of accusations, and uh, and it just escalated from there. What I say, you guys Period. said you're never leaving downtown, but you have alopecia. And you call me fake? What is your problem? What is your problem? What are you okay. doing? This is where I live. But you said you're never leaving downtown, but you did. Wow, what outrageous arrogance and what incredible ignorance on display by City News reporter Nigel Newlove. Actually, he might want to change his name to Nigel Newjob because this sluggo is now looking for employment elsewhere after City News decided that this guy was even too odious for them to employ. <laughs> Yikes. And joining me now with more on this story is Alexa Lavoie from Quebec City. Alexa, Hello. how you doing there? I'm pretty good. Pretty busy, but pretty good. <laughs> That's great. Well, Alexa, so many angles to your most recent video regarding this guy. But I think one of the main issues here was that New Love was so arrogant and pompous that he thought he could get away with such outrageously unprofessional behavior. 
But, you know, I think we owe him a debt of gratitude because he allowed us to see just how much contempt mainstream media lapdogs have for the people in the Freedom Convoys. What say you? So me, my impression of that is like they were telling that, um, okay, the journalists from the mainstream media were not well received at the Freedom Convoy. But when we look at the behavior of some of them, I would not say that all of them are like that. But if, uh, if the people bring everybody in the same package and say like, oh, you see, like if this person is like that, but all the other journalists from mainstream can be like that. Um, I think it's pretty uh, a bad uh, thing for, especially for the behavior, and as well, like when we know that he came on a private property, it was yes. it was not allowed. It was not invite, and he came to shout off people and told them, harass them, and uh, showing like some violence towards them. Um, I thought I don't think like uh, it's appropriate. I don't at all. No, it wasn't appropriate. And, you know, um, and it was certainly unprofessional and he was very belligerent. I'm curious, Alexa, you know, we're not fans here of cancel culture and we see so many people just, um, you know, eliminated, for lack of a better word, for committing a thought crime. I'm curious, do you think him being fired was an appropriate penalty or maybe should have been suspended for a few months without pay, would that have sent a message to him as well? Um, I think being fired is uh, the good thing to do uh, because as we know that, I'm sorry, but he will probably not uh, find uh, work in this film uh, pretty soon because he needs to reflect on what he did and just living without like money, it will probably do it again and again and again, because as we saw, it, we, we can see that it was not his first time, probably. He knew what he was doing and he knew what he was uh, saying as well. And especially when he actually insulted that woman who had the immune uh, uh, deficit, uh, like a disease when she was young and they're laughing about that, that just showed that he's a mean person. No, you're 100% right. In fact, I really don't know what he was trying to do, being so confrontational, being so mean. You know, uh, what I subscribe to when I'm out in the field, Alexa, and I think you do too, and our other colleagues like Sheila and Drea and what have you, is um, kill them with kindness, right? Mm -hmm. uh, be friendly. Uh, let them say what they want to say. But he was so, uh, you know, outrageously confrontational. Um, I, I guess he forgot he was a news reporter uh, mm -hmm. for, for a brief period of time. Tell me, the one thing that really, really bugs me about uh, your story, though, uh, Alexa, is the lady you interviewed stated to you that she said to City News, not not new love, but somebody else at the organization, that I would love to sit down with you and give you an interview about our side. And they said, um, no. And it bugs me, Alexa, because, okay, maybe City News doesn't agree with her viewpoint. Maybe they think she's spewing all kinds of falsehoods. That's fair. But the fact is, she is a member of this convoy protest. She has a voice. Why not let her say what she has to say and let the audience be the judge? Well, we know why. <laughs> it's, it's really, it's obviously. Do they really like uh, say out loud that they fire uh, this uh, reporter? Did they, they say like 
really to everybody no nobody have talked about the violence that's come from a reporter and nobody have talked about it no media no legacy media have talked about it yeah. but if it was the side of the protester who did that to him every channel will have talked about it yeah. but from him being fired for his behavior and how he, he was treating people but giving her an interview will actually show to the world what their reporter did to them. And that is not what they want to show. Yeah. So it's all about, as always, with the mainstream media controlling the narrative. They just want to uh, have one particular slice of propaganda get out there. They're not interested in the other side of the story, which is the rationale for our very existence. So I see what you're saying, Alexa. One last thing has nothing to do with uh, Mr. Uh, new Love or New Job, as I call him. Um, I keep getting all kinds of questions from uh, audience members about you, Alexa. How are things going regarding your action with the... Uh, Ottawa Police Service in terms of that horrific assault you endured um, back when the Freedom Convoy was being shut down, when you got shot in the thigh point blank with that uh, canister. What, what's the latest? The latest is uh, the complaint have been filled first. Um, we have been sent to CIU investigation, but I, because the SIU are not doing investigation on RCMP, we needed to send it uh, to them uh, for a private investigation on RCMP. We did fill as well the, um, the lawsuit with the, our lawyer, um, pretty well, nice job done there. Mm. Um, so for now, well, it's waiting, waiting for um, that they would take a charge of it, and uh, they will call us for this 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 suit. Mm. Well, Alexa, the wheels of justice grind slowly, but we will get justice for you indeed. That was an outrageous assault on your person. And the way the police service in Ottawa handled it in the beginning, at least, was absolutely grotesque. Alexa, thank you so much for this report. Uh, you have a great weekend, my friend. Thank you. You too, as okay. usual. <laughs> okay. And folks, that was Alexa Lavoie in Quebec City. Keep it here. More of Rebel Roundup to come right after this. lady near here felt the need to point me out for not wearing a mask. This man interceded too. Now he's getting crouching in my space. Can you put the phone away? Please? No, I can't. Yes, you can. No, I can't. Yes, you can. Ma'am, would you stay six feet back? Yeah, you would don't you, have a mask on. You, you don't stay, film my mother. Would you stay six feet back, ma'am? What about back, privacy? Would what you about stay privacy? Six feet back, you don't have a mask on. You're don't film my mother. You're infringing on my space, ma'am. You're infringing on my mother's privacy. You're infringing on my space, ma'am. You're infringing on my mother's privacy. Ma'am, I feel does a medical exemption mean nothing? But what do you mean by in terms of means? Something? Well, what am I allowed under a medical exemption? I don't know. So you're going to charge me with trespassing? I'm not going to charge you with trespassing. You're outside of the facility. But I was forced out under some mandate where you're saying now that I was allowed to be forced out because I'm not wearing a mask. Wow, talk about a gross misconduct. What Jim Gaston endured earlier this month was truly beyond belief. 
But in this day and age of COVID, Karen Nation has never been so emboldened. But what we saw occur at Bond Lake Arena truly crossed the line. In any event, you had plenty to say about the verbal abuse and even the physical assault that Jim endured that day. Joe Blow writes, What I find really disgusting is that everyone there was such a coward that they wouldn't even defend the man from these clearly evil people. You know, I think you're right. Um, and it brings to mind, uh, Joe, the old saying, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. Look on the bright side, writes, putting their dirty hands on him is more of a health risk than anything involving a mask. You know, good point. Indeed, what happened to social distancing that day? What happened to following the science? But when it comes to the face diaper freaks, the, they only seem to follow the rules they like. The Bear 5454 writes, the mask mafia is alive and well. What happened to follow the science? These people are nuts. Oh, mask mafia. I love it. Well, the mask rule comes to an end this coming Monday, folks, in Ontario. Hey, what do you want to bet that the hardcore Karens who are part of the mask mafia are still going to mask up even though there's no requirement to do so? I'm sure we're going to see plenty of masking virtue signaling from the mask mafia in the weeks and months ahead. And Newham writes, I don't know if the nice gentleman will ever see this or not, but thank you so much for risking your life to save people and their property. I'm so sorry that even your fellow Canadians will not support you, at least not those at that hockey rink. What has happened to us? You know, great question, Newham. What happened to us, I think, is this. In the past two years, we have suffered through a terrible virus. Oh, no, 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 not COVID, but rather politicians and bureaucrats and busybodies taking away our rights and freedoms. Hope we never have to endure such misery again. Well, that wraps up another edition of Rebel Roundup. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next week. And hey, folks, never forget, without risk, there can be no glory. Good night.